For too long, the actions of the Empire from Star Wars A New Hope has denied the fans the chance to know and love Alderaan. Lucky for us, we have Claudia Gray, who stepped in to right this atrocious wrong and show us both the wonder and beauty of the planet and our favorite princesses' early beginnings in the Rebellion in her newest book, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Welcome to Sky Talkers This Galactic Life. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers This Galactic Life. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey guys, I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome back to Sky Talkers. For some reason, I feel like we have not podcasted in a while. I know, it's felt like so long because I know I, <laughs> so much has happened. Oh my God. So I think much that might Star be it. like so much has happened and like we've been traveling a lot. I don't know. I just feel like I have not sat down in front of my microphone in a long time. Yeah, me neither. And actually we've been traveling because last weekend we were lucky enough to be at Dragon Con, which turned out to be amazing. And we actually have a special guest on our show to discuss all things Leia, Princess of Alderaan with us. Everybody welcome Sarah Dempster, a writer from 1138 and, you know, an awesome person on the Star Wars Twitter at Sarah Demp. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yay, we're so happy you're here. (laughs) We love having you on. Thanks. I like to talk Star Wars, so, you know. (laughs) Oh, good. Us too. Us too. It's fitting too, because we had, the last time we had you on was to talk about Rebel Rising. Yeah. She's our book girl now. You're like our resident I love of Sky Talkers. <laughs> I love my teenage girls in books. Me so, you know. too. <laughs> it's good. So how was oh your gosh. Dragon Con? It was, oh my gosh, it was super crazy, but you know, fun, like it always is. This was, it's actually my eighth year going, which I just realized. Oh and um, yeah, it's crazy. My friend and I actually, we checked in like on Wednesday morning because we already had photo shoots lined up for our costume. We saw that. Charlotte and I were like, you're there so early. We're so jealous. <laughs> it was actually really nice because the hotel was super empty. So we could just like run around and take pictures on our cell phones and our costumes and um, take advantage of all the good photo um, spots before like the crowds moved in. But it so did fun. mean that by the time Monday rolled around, I was ready to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was, I mean, that was almost a solid week. Yeah, that's seriously. a really long time at Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah, so fun. Though. It's Dragon Con it is was such so a fun, fun convention. It really is, and and I love it because, um, you know, it's all fan run. So I mean, not that I don't love celebration and stuff like that, but it it feels more relaxed because it's really just about hanging out and talking about stuff you love and it's not about like, oh my gosh, I got to go to this booth and go to that event and do this breaking news thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it's like hang out nice. your friends. Yeah, it's nice that there aren't going to be these huge announcements. I mean, of course, we had the the Rebel season four trailer drop during that time, but I mean, it, Charlotte and I were talking about this too. It's like we could sit down for an hour and just like look at all the different people taking pictures at the TARDIS in one of the mm-hmm. hotels and just like enjoy seeing all of the costumes and the different ways people interacted with the TARDIS and just like chill out in the middle of the con. It, it was so yeah. fun, you know, but then, you know, there is so much to do and there's so much to see, but there's not the same kind of like pressure like, that there is at Celebration. I think it also helps that, you know, Celebration's all about Star Wars. So there's mm-hmm. like always a million things, whereas yeah. know, Dragon Con, they have so many different programming tracks that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel like this urgent need to go see everything because it's like, oh, I don't really care that much about this anime show. So, you know, like whatever, or I yeah. don't really care that much about, you know, I don't, I don't even know, but you, you know what I mean? Totally. Mm-hmm. 
I just think that Dragon Con continues to be one of the most traditional conventions, and I just can't stop thinking about that, how it's just so, you're right, it's so fan-driven, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it so special, and it's it's very different mm-hmm. from Celebration, but it's, you know, I think they're both equal in my yeah. head about how great they are. Yeah, they're, they're great just so different. Reasons. Yeah. And we're lucky, too, that the um the Star Wars track director and, like, all the people who work on it put on such awesome programming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's been years where I feel like I spend the entire convention just, like, in the track room because there's so many cool panels. Oh, yeah, totally. This is only our second Dragon Con, but it was still... we Last year, we spent, like, all our time in that track room. This year, yeah. we kind of explored a little bit more, which was good mm-hmm. but you could you could spend all day there and it's awesome you hosted yeah. a couple of panels right or you sat on them yeah so i um i was a panelist on a couple different panels this year um one was some like fan speculation on the last jedi and that included you know if you're familiar with kind of the other star wars podcasters tweeters um you know riley and bethany blanton from mm-hmm. the star wars report um mm-hmm. brian young and a um, bunch of those people. And then I was also on the um, uh, memoriam panel for Princess Leia and, or for Carrie Fisher, I mean, and Kenny Baker, which was extremely emotional. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the house by the end of it, but I mean, it was really no. nice and kind great. of like cathartic to just sort of all have a group cry about it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I also did uh, moderate a Q&A with, um, E.K. Johnston, Delilah S. Dawson, and Claudia Gray kind of all talking about um, their Star Wars books, you know, the Ahsoka novel and the Phasma book, which came out that weekend, and then, like, all of Claudia Gray's books. Um, and that was really fun. That was my first time moderating, and I think it went really well. Oh, it was so It awesome. was great. I think that was my favorite panel we went to this weekend. Me too. Me too. That weekend. Yeah. It was so but, fun. You know, <laughs> it helps that you've got three fabulous authors to, you know, just talk and dispense wisdom <laughs> it was just so funny too i was yeah i was like so dying funny. of laughter <laughs> yeah. they're so funny <laughs> they all have like really good like personalities that play off each other really well and so i was just like yes please just sit there and go <laughs> i was kicking myself the entire time that i didn't record it but i i think bria from tashi station I did so, so like if, so hopefully that'll pop up soon yeah exactly so keep an eye out for that because an ear out i guess because it was yeah. it was great <laughs> if you can find a recording of that i highly recommend it another thing that happened yeah. in the past two weeks maybe like huge news and we won't spend that much time on it i don't think but episode eight lost their director colin <laughs> trevorrow is out and jj is in how how are we feeling guys well, I mean, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll preface this with I'm really glad um, Colin uh, Trevero is gone because um, I don't think he's that great of a director. And I thought Jurassic World was it, Jurassic World was like fun when I was watching it. And then as soon as I stepped out of the theater, sort of thinking about it, I was like, wow, that movie was not very good. Fully <laughs> you know, agree. Just, like, it was just really the character interplay was bad and just like the way he wrote. Bryce Dallas Howard's character was really bad. How he wrote Chris Pratt's character was really bad, I thought. And, you know, so, you know, I wasn't very excited about him being on episode nine. But then on the other hand, I'm not the biggest (laughs) J.J. Abrams fan either. And I've made no secret about, you know, how I've felt about him really since Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. And you're a pretty big Star Trek fan. So I feel like you have a lot of thoughts about that. 
and it's more just like you know not to i'm not going to go into like the whole big thing but i just feel like he is very kind of unoriginal with how he approaches movies and a lot of like just kind of recreating stuff that already happened mm-hmm. in like other movies but like without the emotional build up or without the emotion so you don't like get the same emotional mm-hmm. payoff it's basically like he kind of takes shortcuts i feel like yeah but at I the think same that's time a good way to describe it actually yeah, and but at the same time, you know, I will say that Force Awakens was better than his Star Trek movies in that, you know, we did have Rey and we did have Finn and Poe, you know, kind of as the main characters. And more importantly, there wasn't really like the heaps of misogyny <laughs> that you got with, with some of his stuff. And uh, I mean, you know, and, and like and I and I really do want to highlight that because Rey is the hero and like her gender's never like a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you never see people like, oh, you're just a girl. You can't do it or. You know, it's not like a running joke or anything. And that is really important to, you know, highlight. And if there's anyone who's going to come in and finish up her character arc, you know, obviously I was hoping for a female director. But, mm-hmm. you know, he did create her. So I'm hoping that he will, you know, do her justice. Take care of her in the end. Yeah, take care of her in the end. And so, you know, I, I don't want to be like all doom and gloom about it, but I'm not the biggest fan and I was trying not to be all doom and gloom before force awakens, but (laughs) he kind of, he kind of underwhelmed me in that movie. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I, I feel like I've made it no secret on the internet, how I feel. I was just disappointed with the choice of JJ just felt very safe. And that's exactly why they chose him. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, exactly. And I just wish that they took a better risk um, with a female director or a director of color. It would just be so great. And, but it, it didn't happen. So I guess this is... I, yeah. I'm, I'm accepting we'll JJ. <laughs> As time... Yeah. Talk, I mean, you know, the decision's made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you could have talked to me two days ago and I would have been, like, really kind of depressed about it. But I've come around and I think it, it, it's happening. So I have to accept it. Um, and it'll be great. We're going to get a great movie and we're all yeah. going to love it <laughs> and dissect it. <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and somebody right. else, yeah. somebody on Twitter pointed out that, you know, obviously they want someone who's not another white dude as a director, but like, is this really the circumstance you want the first female director or the first person of color director, you know, in star Wars, is this the circumstances that you really want them coming in, you know, kind of as the like second choice. Yeah. And so, which was a good point, I thought. And considering that they're basically having to change directors, like, what, a few weeks or, like, a month before they start filming, it makes sense that they'd go with someone they'd already worked with and who already, you know, came out with a box office success. Totally. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the, you know, directors that I had in mind in my head were actually already booked up for the next, like, three years. So yeah. <laughs> I feel too. like JJ was like, hey, I'm available. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> so we got JJ. And supposedly like so like, many- they asked Ryan Johnson, but he was like busy with post-production and stuff. And yeah. um, maybe he would like take a break in between Star Wars movies. So I'm sure he loved it. I mean, obviously he loved it, but he's so tired, probably. Yeah. Just Gosh, like physically exhausted. Um, I feel like there are just so many layers that go into the, the choosing JJ and the ramifications of that, like the pros and the cons and yeah. the good, the bad and the ugly about everything. It, it's impossible to parse everything out, I feel like, because I know I just have such mixed feelings about it, good mm-hmm. and bad. 
Um, but I, I will say, I think the funniest thing I saw about it on Twitter was someone had posted uh, Krennic talking to Galen or so from Rogue One and was like, the work has stalled. We need you to come back. And it was like, <laughs> to J.J. Abrams or Lucasfilm. And I was like, that's that's really clever. <laughs> well, there, there was, I saw another one that was the screen cap of um, Kylo talking to Vader's mask and it's like I will finish what you started and like both of them were J.J. Abrams which I thought was <laughs> oh really I funny. saw that one oh that was really funny <laughs> <laughs> but I think on at least on the internet on Twitter it's been so hard to convey that you can be you can like Force Awakens and love the good things that came out of that but still be disappointed and to a certain extent frustrated about J.J. for the choice of episode nine um yeah so much of the discourse I feel like on Twitter is like, you have to be, you're either really excited or you're really mad. Like there's not really, and I feel like I'm in the in-between. Yeah. And I know that like, and I've kind of felt this ever since I was kind of underwhelmed by force awakens and you know, and yes, I'm kind of in the camp where I felt like it straight, it was a little too safe and a little too close to a new hope. Um, You know, it's not a direct rehash, but we'll accept for maybe like the last third of the movie, but you know, but anyway, (laughs) and, and there's just kind of this like, there's some people who like don't want to hear anything about that. And then as soon as Mm -hmm. I say something, they're like in my mentions going, well, actually, did you know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I've been a fan of Star Wars for 20 years. I'm allowed to have an opinion, which is kind (laughs) of frustrating, but you know, is what it is. Yeah. Opinions are complicated and it's kind of hard sometimes to, you know, divulge that over Twitter and you can try and you Mm -hmm. can continuously try. And then, you know, you get some annoying guy who shows up in your mentions and tries to tell you how to think and, it's just yeah. not, not okay. <laughs> and so many people take Star Wars as like their personal identity. And so like when you criticize something that they love, which and I'm totally guilty of this too, you know, and so I try and be, and I try and recognize it in myself, um, you know, but when somebody criticizes that, you know, character, or that movie that you absolutely adore, then it's like, well, mm-hmm. you're criticizing me and you're saying that I'm, you know, yeah. terrible for liking this or whatever. It's like, no, but yeah, you know, I definitely do that. Like, I definitely do do that. And it's, it's, uh, it's tough. I don't know yeah. when these kind of things I mean, come up to reckon. You're right to recognize that in yourself as well as mm-hmm. like seeing it happen. I guess. Yeah, realizing, recognizing your own bias and how it's affecting how you opinions on the internet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and just knowing when it's okay to just like step away and take a breather. <laughs> yeah, that's like yeah. what I've been doing for the past forty eight hours. <laughs> 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 I needed to. Maybe it was a good thing that my power went out during the hurricane and I could just, like, de-stress from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not hey, at all. Hey, but Last Jedi is, is coming. So yeah. I'm excited for that. <laughs> so soon. So yes, soon. Me too. You know what else is super soon? Rebels. And we got an awesome trailer uh, that dropped. Coming out on my birthday. Oh, my gosh. Happy <laughs> birthday. What a great. <laughs> that what is a great birthday present. Birthday present. Yeah, and the trailer yeah, looks no, the so awesome. Trailer, oh man, you know I think I mentioned, but you know it came out during Dragon Con, and so I was um, I saw people freaking out about it on Twitter, but I wasn't able to watch it until much later. I was in my hotel room with a couple of my other friends um, who are big Rebels fans, and we were just like sitting there watching it on like our tiny little smartphone, just like screaming <laughs> at different things because you know it was late and we were sleep deprived and had been you know at the bar, and it was just like. <laughs> freaking out all over the place like everything everything 
Yeah, it was... yeah. I think we watched it in a uh, Uber going to Dragon Con, <laughs> and then we also watched it later that night at dinner. But we only had one set of headphones, and so we like traded back and forth. It was like I watched the trailer first, and then Charlotte watched the trailer, and then we discussed it. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was it was intense, and I'm I'm not prepared. Me neither. I'm not for what's coming. Not prepared at Every all. Every time I think that I have an idea of where they're gonna go, I'm just like, oh nope. <laughs> I, I know and there's I, I don't know if it's true um, or where I saw it but I saw somewhere on the internet that apparently Dave Filoni can count on his hand the number of people like on one hand the number of people that know how Rebels is going to end and gosh. that freaks me out oh <laughs> like, my gosh me too <laughs> like <laughs> what is this man going to do to us <laughs> that's like George I, Lucas I don't... not telling anyone about Darth Vader being Vader. his father. Yeah, it's the same it's, sitch. <laughs> wow. Wow. Filoni is George's prodigy, so <laughs> it makes sense. But I'm... And then there was, like, all the drama about the schedule, about when it was being released. Yeah, I'm still yeah. really confused I'm still a little that. confused about what's actually <laughs> oh, yeah, happening. I some of that. I think it's, like, they're, the days that it premieres, they're, like, starting it at... It's, like, during the week... But it's like starting at like 930 in the morning or something, but they're showing it throughout the day. I don't know. Yeah. I never heck? watch it when it's like airs anyway, because I'm usually yeah. always had like stuff going on. I know me too. Cause so, it's like Saturday nights. And- right. And I'm just like, <laughs> Sorry, occasionally I like go out with my friends on Saturday nights. Yeah. Like only sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I don't always sit at home and watch Star Wars. Like I do go out into the real world sometimes. <laughs> Like, like, you know, once a month. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, let's not get crazy. Um, (laughs) But they were talking about how uh, it was like they were, you know, pushing to have all the Rebels episodes out the season finished before The Last Jedi came out. And so it's like speculation that, you know, DJ, Ezra, or some other crazy Rebels connection to The Last Jedi. I'm like low-key on the Ezra is DJ theory, just putting that out there. I mean, because like, there's nothing saying he can't be. And it'd exactly. be funny. I think it's like I I so want a major character in the saga films. Yes. Like I need some kind of major connection to either Clone Wars or Rebels. Like I just feel like it would validate those shows more. I don't know why. I know that's stupid, but I just I need it. I want it. That's been your thing for a while, Caitlin. Like trying to once they do something like that, when you know, Rogue One did a little bit of that, and that was like a huge payoff for me. Huge deal, yeah, it yeah. was, it totally was. But I want it in the saga films too. Me too, me too. I, I, I think that it would be cool, but I don't know if it'll actually happen. We can talk I in know. December about it. <laughs> Come back and listen to us in December, and let's see if there's like some article about like all the Rebels Easter eggs you missed in Star Wars: The Last Jedi. So I mean, just saying, but I'd be really in. I would also really be into Ezra as DJ or popping up in some other place in The Last Jedi. Uh, but I think we need to wrap up this discussion because the main topic at hand is actually Leia, Princess of Alderaan. So I think we should jump right into that. And in part one, we're going to be talking all about our initial reactions and thoughts to the book. And in part two, we're going to do a deep dive on our favorite parts. And in part three, uh, we're going to be doing our new favorite segment, which is catch-all and Twitter questions. Woo! Okay, so without further ado, let's get started. I don't know who you are or where you came from, but from now on, you do as I tell you, okay? Okay, so welcome to part one. Um, I thought it would be good 
to, before we just, you know, dive really deep into this <laughs> amazing book, <laughs> we should probably just go around and say what our initial thoughts are. So I think, Caitlin, I'll start with you. What did you think of this book? I loved it. Uh, loved it, loved it, loved it. It's not my favorite Star Wars book, but all my favorite Star Wars books are Claudia Gray books. So <laughs> so, uh, where, so where does this on your top five, where does it land? Uh, I mean, I still think Lost Stars is my favorite, but it's, I think it's probably third. Because um, I think it's Lost Stars. I think I still love Bloodline more. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's Leia. Okay. But it, I mean, they're both Leia books, so it's really tied for second. Yeah, I think it's really a close one. Yeah, it's super close. And maybe that I feel like maybe because I've had more time to think and talk about Bloodline than I have Leia yet right yeah. now. So I don't know. Maybe after this discussion. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll change my mind. I mean, this don't get me wrong. This book has some great moments. Yeah, and we're gonna get into it. Um, okay, so what about you, Sarah? Well, this was definitely my most anticipated book, you know, in a long time. And I mean, same, I absolutely adored it. Um, I think it actually managed to ever so slightly dethrone Lost Stars as my favorite Star Wars book right now. Wow, Um, high praise. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Claudia Gray just really nails Leia, like, and her writing, like, Mm -hmm. specifically. And, you know... It was just so nice to see it was, you know, the, the thing that struck me the most about this book was kind of how like mundane her problems kind of like, I mean, obviously she's like, you know, this princess and like fighting against the empire, but it's like, you know, she's a 16 year old girl trying to figure out like who she is and is sad because her parents suddenly have like, you know, gotten really distant and who mm-hmm. can't relate to that. Totally. And so like Leo was just super relatable in this book. And like, I felt like every time I turned the page, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally identify with that. And it was, I mean, I have read it like twice already. <laughs> That's how much I loved it. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it's utterly fantastic. It's so good. Where does it rank on your, like, if you could have, what are your top five? New My canon? top five new canon um, in order are probably Leia and then like Lost Stars right below that. And then Rebel Rising. And then, hmm. Probably Ahsoka next, and then, like, Bloodline and A New Dawn tied for fifth. Awesome. Ours are pretty similar, I feel like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't gotten to A New Dawn yet, and I really want to read it. I just haven't gotten there yet, but I know I'll love it when I actually get around to it. Yeah, I haven't read it either. It's really good. I I gotta. I gotta. Um, but I, I mean, John Jackson Miller is a good, solid author and, you know, it's got Hera and Kanan. So, yeah, that's yeah, why, that's why we need to read it, Caitlin. You can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved this book so much and I think it is my new favorite Star Wars novel. novel. I'm with you, Sarah. I completely related with Leia, too, for a lot of reasons, um, kind of because, you know, I was raised as an only child, too. And I was really close to my parents. And it's just like, I, I really like related to that aspect about her. And it, it was, I, I don't know, like every single time she was dealing with like this little like minute thing, it was like, oh, I've been there, even though it was, you know, set in space and she's a princess. Mm-hmm. It was it was so mm-hmm. relatable. And I I just loved it. I, I It was amazing. And I am, I really wish that I have read it, tw- read it twice. I'm going to reread it. 
even before I start Phasma, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my list, like, of my top five are Leia, um, Bloodline, Lost Stars, Rebel Rising, and I think Dark Disciple. (laughs) I love Dark Disciple. Yeah, Dark Disciple would be on my top five, too. I think I only got to top three, but Dark Disciple is on my top five. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a very complicated book. Um, but yeah, I love this book. It was just so, so good. Um, I never want Claudia Gray to stop writing for Star Wars. Oh my gosh, same. I know. That's the thing. It's like, what is next from Claudia Gray? Like, what new gift will she give us? Please be a Padme book. Please please. be a Padme book. She hasn't mentioned anything about ever wanting to write Padme, and it it just makes me kind of sad. But she, she gives us these, like, small little gifts in each of her books, books about like Padme a little bit and it just it gives gives me hope (laughs) maybe it's like she's not talking about it because she's already working on it I wish right (laughs) you know that kind of reverse psychology kind of thing well something else that she actually mentioned uh at Dragon Con was because a question that I like to ask authors is you know if you could write like what's your ideal Star Wars book to write and uh one of hers was um oh it's like Qui-Gon and young Obi-Wan on Mandalore with, like, young Satine. Yes. Yeah. I need so that. like, kind of like a quasi, like, romantic-ish comedy. We yeah. need that book, which, um, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's just I Satine. forgot all about we that. that deal. We, we need that. <laughs> we really do. Claudia Gray, so, please, be like, please do it. Please do it. <laughs> I'll start a petition if we need to. <laughs> Basically, who was your favorite character in this book? It, it can be Leia. <laughs> and I mean, uh, it was Leia. Oh, yeah. actually, no, wait. Holdo. Emmeline Holdo yes. was fantastic. Yes. I was so happy. Like, okay, confession time. A couple of months Confess. ago, I was on Podcast 66 before it transferred into the Forcecast. And we had, they had Claudia Gray on, and I got to speak to her. And we asked her a question about The Last Jedi, and she couldn't talk about it, so we had to omit that part from the podcast. But she said that she um, had, you know, read slash watched a little bits of The Last Jedi, but she still doesn't really know what it's about. And Mm -hmm. I've been sitting on that information for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) and I was like how's it going to manifest in this book this this is why I'm so excited for this and I'm so happy that it manifested in Amelyn Haldo and I just it makes Mm -hmm. me so excited for what we're going to see in The Last Jedi from this character because she Mm -hmm. is Luna Lovegood of Star Wars and it's so awesome so I actually have a funny story about that so um myself and a couple other people at Dragon Con we actually went to Target at midnight for um, Force Friday, partially so that we could go ahead and pick up copies of the books and already have them for like the book launch event they were doing Friday night. Mm-hmm. And so we we get to Target at like 11.45 and we immediately go pick up our books. Then we go like sit in line to go to the toy aisle. But we're all just sitting there reading. And you could tell when each person got to like Emlyn Holdo's name because <laughs> there would always be this little like sharp little inhale and you just like go down the line. <laughs> It's so awesome. It's so funny. <laughs> it I love great. that. I wish we had had that experience. I know. I'm like really jealous of that, to be honest, because we didn't get to do any sort of Force Friday thing. But like, it, well, it, it sounds fun. <laughs> that was like the only reason we did it was so we could go ahead and get the books because we didn't want to wait. Well, and also Bria was with us and she had to like have them read in, you know, eight hours to have the reviews ready because 
you know, she's a crazy fast reader. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, it was just really funny because you could like go down the line and like know exactly when each person reached that moment. I love that. It's kind of like how chapter 12 is, which we'll get to in a little bit. Oh my gosh, yes. Wow. <laughs> and like you see just people on Twitter being like, chapter 12. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was, I feel like I was so behind on reading Leia and it was like, what happens in chapter 12? Like, when will I get there? What is coming? And then, <laughs> and then was, it gets there and you're not ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. I was not ready for it. Um, but I think, I think Leia was my favorite character. Yeah, me too. I'm going um, with the, the, the easy answer. But it was just, I could hear Carrie Fisher saying the lines in my head. That's how well Claudia Gray wrote Leia. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was so seamless for me. It was, it was great. I bought everything that she said and felt and every motivation she had, like it all lined up with me for who we see in A New Hope. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I I think Leia was my favorite character, but I w- really appreciated what we got to see from Brea. Um, yes. We, I think we like, collectively as a fandom have been waiting for like a little bit of Brea. <laughs> and, yeah, well, and it's like the first really true mother-daughter story we've gotten, you know. I know, exactly. Only we have a character who... Who doesn't have a dead mom? I know. Thank God. Like we needed this. <laughs> Yet, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have. Been a dead forty mom. years coming, but you know, we finally got there. Yeah, and it's just it was great, and it was just such a loving relationship. It just felt so real, and you could just relate Amen. it to your own parents. I think, at least, I could. It, it was, it was. Yeah, great. I loved Bale and Brea together, and seeing how their relationship worked individually, and and how they interacted with Leia as well. Just the whole family unit was just was so, which is awesome. It was just so great to see what Leia came from. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you could and, totally see how Bale and Brea like influenced her. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people always like to talk about. Oh, you can see, you know, this aspect of Padme, this aspect of Anakin and Luke and Leia. But, you know, you also see how Bale and Breha, like, how their influence turned her into the, you know, person that she is and yeah. the leader that she is. Yeah, and it's like now we finally have, you know, a book that, that highlights all of those things that they instilled in their daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great. It's like now we have more to point to and not just these these traits from Anakin and Padme, which, of course, she did inherit. But, you know, nature versus nurture. Exactly. Totally. Um, so anything that you guys would change from this book? It, I didn't want it to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. Or maybe, yeah. maybe change it so that Alderaan doesn't get destroyed so we can get more of Bale and Breha and Leia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. That's what I would change. <laughs> the entire... Uh, <laughs> a new higher Exactly. <laughs> but I will say that was... Claudia Gray is just so good... By that I mean she's awful for doing this, but just like totally playing on that irony of knowing that Alderaan yeah, is headed towards this fate, um, oh, and like it's infused like every almost every single word in the book is like, oh yeah, you know things great now, but just remember what's coming. You're yeah, like, dang it, Claudia Gray, why do you got to do that? Well, everything. Um, I mean, with all of the Alderaan characters, but especially with um, Kyre, Kier. I, I said here. Yeah. Here? Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like I alternated in my head. Uh, so but everything here, like, that, it rhymes with here. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but everything that Kira said, you know, talking about protecting Alderaan and like our planet is safe. And it just felt like, especially with him and knowing, you know, how he ends up dying at the end of the book, it's, that was just particularly heavy. Um, but I think if there was anything I would change, I think I would want more of Kier and him, like more of his, uh, I'm not sure what the right word is, but trepidation about what Leia and her parents are doing. Yeah, 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 exactly. His viewpoint. I think I would want a little bit more of that because it wasn't necessarily surprising what he did in the end. Um, Yeah, I think I I would would have liked more um, buildup of that in his character. Yeah, I'd agree um, because that was the interesting uh, sort of like dilemma in the book because, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like so many of the books we've had recently are kind of a little more on the morally gray side and it's, you know, like, oh, well, there's heroes on both sides and there's you know people who do bad things on the good guy side and but Mm -hmm. I kind of like how in this book it was like very clear like yeah the emperor's bad the empire's bad and it does bad things and we need to fight it but it was kind of like but what's the right way to fight it you know do we yeah should we take this kind of more like overt approach that Bale and Greya are doing or should we you know kind of go the full radical route like you know saw and his partisans or you know is it better to keep Alderaan you know kind of out of it but keep it as this free like sanctuary that people can come to and escape you know the emperor's tyranny and stuff like that which I thought was a really interesting um approach to that yeah because we haven't really seen that as much no and I think Kira was such a good representation of that mindset of like if you get involved you're putting Alderaan at risk Mm -hmm. and I'm not okay with that and I think that's why the end um you know with, with what his plan was it was like I understood what like his intention behind it and why he wanted to do that but I wanted to see more of those conversations with Leia of them kind of struggling with each other about what the right decision was as far as like what Bale and Brayer were doing kind Um, of like like trying to figure out your duty to your conscience versus like your duty to your people yeah and like to the galaxy at large like what comes from or the galaxy Mm -hmm. yeah because it was I kind of wish we had gotten more of that yeah because I loved it so much like, it, it was such an interesting way to talk about, you know, if they really were doing the right thing um, and who they were ultimately responsible to. Was it the planet Alderaan or, or was it the galaxy? But mm-hmm. I think that's really the only thing I would change, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that point. I, I'm still trying to grapple, like, how I feel about it, that whole thing, I think. Um, and I don't know if I can even put that into words, going to be honest, but... Um, I, I would have liked a little bit more of that, I suppose, but I'm happy with what we got though, with Leia yeah. and everything yeah. and, um, Absolutely. The, the time that we like, spent. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's kind of like a nitpick when I say that I wanted more of that because like, I'm still yeah. just, I love like everything we got. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. And it, this is like us trying to find like one bad thing <laughs> about this. Exactly. <laughs> Can I just say one of my favorite details about this book was how Claudia Gray um, wove in kind of a pun, but wove in the importance of braids in Alderanian culture um, and how that was like such a big part of it. And in a way, it like brings so much more meaning to her braided hairstyles throughout the original trilogy because she's like carrying on the culture of her planet, even though her planet's not there anymore. And you're just like, oh, heartbreak. Yeah. Right. Like I'm never gonna be able to watch any of the original trilogy movies again and like see her hair in the same light. 
Yeah, it's so oh, perfect. The, like traditional Iranian hairstyles. Oh. Yeah, and it's like, oh my gosh, stop it! <laughs> I can't handle these emotions. But oh, but see, like seeing all the all seeing Alderon was just this. That's what I was most excited for in this book initially. Like you know, months ago was just seeing Alderon culture and. Mm-hmm you know, what the planet, how it operated and like how their palace was set up, how, you know, it wasn't a, um, a tall palace, but sprawling because like, there's this idea of hierarchy and equality among everyone, even the Royal family. And I just thought everything about it was so cool. And like the, I forget what it's called, but her ceremony at the beginning where it's like, she's declaring her intention to be heir to the throne and her day of ta- demand. the day of demand. Yeah. Um, it was just, I'm so sad they blew up all their <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, I don't know if either of you have ever played the Old Republic, the the MMO, we but haven't. like one of the planets you get to go to is Alderaan. And like legit, when I first got there, I just dropped everything I was doing, was just like running around and be like, Leia's gonna be born here in like three thousand years. <laughs> it's like I was just thinking about that the whole time I was reading all the Alderaan scenes, and I was like mentally putting like my like the the graphics from the game in my my brain when I was reading and I was like damn it Tarkin like why'd you have to blow all this up it's so cool you could have had more time here (laughs) it's just such a cool culture uh and I just you know she really like she didn't really play into the you know the princess trope too much and I mean Leia has never played by that you know she's never been like princess like a Disney princess type character Mm -hmm. and I think the way that you know, she made this like super structured. I don't. I don't even know. I just love the way that the the princessness was like not completely Disneyfied. Oh yeah, yeah. I like how Claudia Gray like really kind of went to like did the work of showing what it actually means to be a ruler and a leader, and you know, talking about Leia as a politician and like all this you know public speaking training she's had and all the stuff that Brea does to like make sure that the household and you know the government is run efficiently and has money and stuff like that which I thought was you know nice that you actually see the the duties the like kind of boring duties frankly involved in ruling a planet completely and like (laughs) taking notes (laughs) (laughs) right yeah (laughs) I was like oh man that doesn't sound fun but gotta, <laughs> someone's got to do it. I'm just doing glad the that, accounting. Yeah. yeah, I'm just glad that Leia is also not good at accounting because I too am not good at like money managing and math and all of that stuff. And Leia's not good at it either, so I feel better about it now. <laughs> good. Yeah, but it, it was interesting, like going back to like this idea of like Disney princess tropes and this idea of like who a princess is and like she's more than her than her country or her planet which is something they spent time talking about um in this book particularly with Kyra Kier um about how you know she is always thinking of the people first and sometimes it's okay to think about yourself first which I feel like is something we see a lot in um princess movies particularly now uh, but it didn't feel it didn't feel tropey in the book no not it at just, all no, because I, I think it, it lines up with everything we see in Leia in the original trilogy. And it is coming from more of a politics, political angle, I think, than an explicitly princess one. And I think it's interesting, too, because the, you know, Han and Leia romance in the movies is kind of the same thing with Han. You know, she's always telling him, like, oh, you're a great asset to the rebellion. And he's like, well, what do you think about me? 
you know, like, mm-hmm. why can't, like, what is your opinion on me? Like, not, like, what is your opinion as a leader of me as a soldier, you know? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. Which a nice little parallel, I thought. Yeah, it was, I don't know if I was the only one, but I kept comparing Kier and Han throughout the book. Um, oh, and, yeah. and all, I think you were supposed I kept, to. Yeah, and I kept thinking about when, in Empire Strikes Back, when I was like, I really, crap, I can't even think of the line, but she's like, I like nice men, and I'm like, oh, Kier gone <laughs> which okay speaking of i loved the line where after leia introduces Kier to her family and you know bail and bear are like oh he's a he's a nice guy you know he's a really nice boy and Bray's like i kind of wish you you know had had a teenage rebellion and gone for a scoundrel and i was like yeah ah, i that see was, what you did there that was it's the kind of best of... fan servicey moment ever it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> i was like i'm so here for this <laughs> thank you <laughs> Sign me up. It was so great. Um, Okay, so I know we want to talk about, like, our specific favorite parts and, like, go deep within. So why don't we move on to part two? Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Okay, so welcome back to part two. um, And we're going to deep dive into our favorite parts. Um, I think maybe we should start with like the elephant chapter in the 12. room chapter 12 chapter yeah. 12 you got it. <laughs> chapter 12 got oh it. boy <laughs> oh man stretches so, like okay, i'm ready just, i'm, just, I'm, I'm ready. gonna preface this entire section with a giant spoiler alert i mean if you've made it this far you know you should know that we're not you know paying attention to spoilers but like massive <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> yeah seriously Trust me, you don't you don't want to be spoiled for this chapter, at least not for the roller coaster of emotions that it produces. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't really like okay, so when they were going to Naboo or like going to be around Naboo, I'm like, oh shoot, like okay, but they're gonna be around it. Like I don't know if they're actually gonna go to it. And then they went like around and like went straight oh, man, I was just so happy. <laughs> so I was like, as soon as she said she was going to Naboo, I was like, Yes, we're gonna get like some cool Padme reference and like it's gonna be great. And you know, I always love seeing you know what the queens of Naboo are up to and then it just like holy moly it did not even go anywhere near what I was expecting me neither and it was like as soon as they said Captain Panaka I was like damn oh my god (laughs) it's coming (laughs) so like I just want to do a quick little just summary of what my emotions did during that chapter so first you know when I first realized oh she's like oh they put her in like a cool fancy gown and then I was reading a little bit later. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, wait. She's wearing the dress that Padme wears at the end of Phantom Menace during no. the big celebration. And I was like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, heart fluttering, getting a little teary eyed. Oh, she's in her mom's clothes. And then, you know, they say, Doesn't um, Captain Panaka or a moth Panaka. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And then he has that moment where he walks in and, like, you know, acts like he's Double seen pain. a ghost. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, like, this is so cool. And then, like, he starts asking probing questions. And all of my excitement immediately goes to like, oh my gosh, oh no, we are so screwed. Like panicking. I was like, like sweating. Is he going to say something? <laughs> what is he going to say? Is he going to tell her? Like, is he going to mention Padme? What's going on? What's happening? Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> I was just like, I was like speed reading that entire job because I'm just like, oh my yeah. gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Me too. Well, the oh, man. dress, like the dress is what got me. I don't, I don't know why, but it, it got me. And I, I read it and I was like, I know this dress. I know where is the this is the Phantom Menace dress. I know this dress. <laughs> it was just like I can't believe they still have it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and if, I'm like, it's a really big dress. Like of all the dresses, the queen is like, here, take this one. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> and so, like, I'd like to imagine that sh- that they didn't do her hair like Padme's, but she just kept the cinnamon bun rolls. And so now I want to, like, see fan art of Leia wearing the dress, but, like, with her Leia hairstyle so that I can just cry for a thousand years. I need that fan art. <laughs> I'm, like, begging for this fan art. And then, okay, but then, like, at the end of the chapter when you realize that the whole thing's been blown up <gasps> by... So shout out to Saul Guerrero for literally saving the entire rebellion without even knowing it. It just totally (laughs) complicates like more of my emotions towards Saw. Saw Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, oh, good. Great. (laughs) Because that could have been really bad. And then. Complicated AF. (laughs) Yeah, he seriously is. Ugh. That, this was, like, a really, like, man, I just needed to take, like, a Xanax or something after this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> it was so emotionally intense. Like, I, I still can't believe they killed Panaka. I, 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 I couldn't believe that he was alive. And after I got over the shock of him still being alive and doing things and working for the Empire, empire then I had to deal with the shock of him dying. True. And, and Actually, like, what all of that entails. So, fun fact, apparently in Legends, his, like, his characterization in Legends was that he also ended up joining the Empire and was like a moth. And so I was kind of, so I like remembered that when they mentioned Moth Panaka. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They like brought back his Legends characterization. And then like Claudia Gray just like went there with him meeting Leia while Leia's wearing her dead mom's clothes. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, dang. Okay. All right. Mike we're drop. not making any punches right now. 10 points for Claudia Gray. 10 points. Yep. This was like the best chapter ever, man. <laughs> I reread it like one jillion times. <laughs> I think as soon as I finished reading it, I I was like live tweeting my reaction like as I read the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any other um you know highlights from this book besides chapter 12? I mean, obviously we do, but like specific moments? I do like and I we kind of touched on this earlier, but the moment where um like Brea kind of or well, like Leia just kind of tells Bale and Brea that she like wants to be part of this rebellion, and Bale is just kind of like super angry about it because he doesn't want mm-hmm. her to um, get in trouble. And Brea is just kind of like, you know, in her corner and just like, you know what? Like you're right. You know, we can't shield this from you forever, and you know, you deserve to fight for you know the side of right and you know the rebels and everything. And I, I really that was a really nice touching moment. I thought. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, I like that moment a lot. I really liked um, the ending scene where Kier oh, we're comes. Oh, going there. Oh, okay, no. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, are we? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not ready for yet? that yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just the moment where they go in to, like, check on Kier and, like, after the explosion has happened. And that page where Kier is, like, telling her about the memory stick, right? The USB mm-hmm. drive. Um, and she grabs it. And then he dies in her arms and she lets it go. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was just so beautiful. Like, this idea of, like, her first love and her duty to the galaxy and to all, like, it was just, it was so emotional. It was so emotional. Seriously. Um, But then I I also loved how she took Brea with her on the Mm -hmm. climb the challenge of body because for a while for a second I was like oh she's gonna do this by herself and like scale the mountain by herself and then Brea was there and I was like this is so much better yeah it seriously is <laughs> I, I do love so that they that, I love that they had that sort of mother-daughter bond of like being royalty and like 
mm-hmm. being the queens because I like failed it and go through that. So like it's not something that you can share with them. You know, not not like that's a bad thing, but I like they, I love how they had that special connection. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, and another thing I really loved was we kind of got to see the beginning of Leia's relationship with Mon Mothma and like yes. how Mothma like immediately treats her like as an adult mm-hmm. and like that's a really great mentor relationship right there for sure it's, it's funny because as teenagers I feel like <sighs> you always remember the people that treat you like an adult and you know immediately the people that are talking down to you and the people who are talking to you at their level at your mm-hmm. like an adult level and that really sticks with you. You know what I mean? And I remember reading that and I was like, I relate. I mean, it was just one of the many moments where I was like, I really relate to this. And I remember how good I felt when adults would talk to me like an adult as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I just, I love that they went there with Mon Mothma's character because they could have, they could have just not done that at all. Or like, she could have just been just like Brea. Kind of there. Brea. Yeah. And like, just been like this, like, you know. Super voice powerful. in the background yeah, yeah. They, she could but they 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 made it a point to give that mentor relationship you're so right i was just gonna say i also like kind of going back to what you're saying about how you you know teenagers can tell when you're talking down to them or not i also loved how all of leia's interactions with tarkin where she just like totally played him yeah that's, oh what, my that's what i was just about to say because i, I kind of want to read this quote because i think it's amazing um so this is on page 87 um, Tarkin says, you have a talent for finding weaknesses, your highness, and for exploiting them. That talent can work for you or against you. You'll have to decide which. I was, this is just one of those moments again, where I was like, oh my God, the irony that's here is just so good. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, obviously she is going to make them work for her. <laughs> so that's oh, yes. great. And it was just like this, this old man talking down to her. It was just, and then she thinking takes, she's just some like silly 16 year old. Exactly. And then she basically takes that advice and like flips it on its head and proves him totally wrong. And basically her actions in a new hope are what gets him, gets him killed. And I just loved it. It was yes. so good. <laughs> it is good. But and, I think it's interesting because then they're, I think their last conversation, it's like, he kind of, he knows that she's yeah. a lot, that she's been playing him. And I, I really actually kind of love that. Like, I like that he's in on it almost. Cause I think Tarkin is such an interesting villain. Um, mm-hmm. And I love his character as a villain. And so I kind of like this interplay between them. And I think it adds a lot to their confrontation on the Death Star. Yeah, which is already like, so loaded. You, like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I know who you are, Leia. Like, like I get it. Okay. Stop trying. And Leia's just still going to keep playing the same cards because she knows it gets to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another- and also, I, I love that one scene where he crashes their dinner party and they totally, like, make up this whole big fake oh, fight. Yeah. <laughs> that was so great. It was funny. It was funny. Speaking of funny moments, too, um, after, I forget what the planet was, but when Leia and Amelin uh, go to that planet and find Mon Mothma, and Leia's like, so you're, you're like, not going to tell my parents, are you? Mon Mothma's like, yeah, I am. Sorry, like, I already sent them a message. Yeah, that was yeah. great. <laughs> it's like, ah, shucks. <laughs> um, another point that I really liked, and I was like freaking out and fangirling, um, was 
when Leia basically feels the force. And there was a couple of moments where that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, if anyone had any doubt that Leia had, like, a little bit of force in her, or a lot of force, whatever, midi-chlorians, however you measure that. Um, this was on... I have, like, pages marked. I'm such a nerd. Um, <laughs> this is on page 255. Um, when she's like, she shut her eyes and breathed it again. It seemed to her that she could feel the shape and dimension of the rock around them and she knew the location oh, yeah. of every spar oh yeah outcropping me. yeah and it was just like that moment with ray that you see in that trailer or like anything mm-hmm. where even there's a part in the revenge of the sith novelization <laughs> i'm <laughs> reading it i'm at least reading it i just like can't go an episode without mentioning it and i just think it's so funny every time it okay, comes it's, it's a great mind. book to mention so yeah you know. <laughs> but like I'm reading it even when Anakin feels like connected to his ship and it was like that same type of feeling where Leia feels connected to her planet. And they, these are both things that both these characters feel pretty deeply about or have like a high connection to. Um, I just, I loved it. I, I just, it was and so I, great. I think it was in the panel you moderated, Sarah, but Claudia Gray was talking about Leia and the force in the book. And she was talking about how, yeah. You have to have it in there. You have to like sow the seeds of what will be her force sensitivity, but you can't be she explicit know about, it. about it because she doesn't know what it is either. So it has to yeah. be almost really sneaky in how you kind of have to let the reader know that it's the force, but Leia can't know that it's the force. So you can't be like, she felt the force moving within her. <laughs> yeah, I was actually just about to bring that up because it was an interesting contrast to you know how we see Leia kind of you know either instinctively or consciously tap into the force and bloodline versus like here where it's obviously not something she's doing you know on purpose but we still know what it is Mm -hmm. and yeah i I think claudia gray really nails that um that aspect of her well so much of this book and we've talked about this already but it's just it's crazy the amount of awareness that the audience and the readers have to have going into this book is really I mean when you're reading this book like you have obviously have seen the movies and everything but there's just so many connections and you're just so aware of things um Mm -hmm. that it adds so much to um what you read and like the situations that you read and Leia is just like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call her naive but she doesn't understand what's going on but we do she's 16 yeah Yeah. exactly and she she doesn't get it but we totally understand like the history of the galaxy so like yeah (laughs) we we get it we understand that when Brea's throwing dinner parties it's not just because she wants to have some people (laughs) over it's you know like subversive you know spy meetings exactly (laughs) What I think is great, too, is that this um, this book was such a bridge, too, between the trilogies. I mean, the amount of time we got to spend on Coruscant, I thought was really great um, because I loved seeing that setting in the, the time of the Empire, not just at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. And so- oh, and also my pet theory is totally that the ball that she and Kira went to was totally the same ball as the one in Lost Stars. I, I think so. so. I think so. <laughs> I was thinking Oh my that. gosh. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't even think about that at all. Well, <laughs> well, there was a lot of connections even to Bloodline with like the box at the very end. And yes. it was just like so many, it, th- this book. And Pomarth. Really, yeah, exactly. It yeah. Was, this book like really put together a bunch of different pieces of this like you know, wide tapestry of canon that Lucasfilm mm-hmm. and the Star Group is so, like, carefully weaving. 
And God bless Claudia Claudia Gray. I know. And it was just so great. And even they mentioned crate and um, yes. So it's like, what is, we don't, I don't know anything about that planet and you don't really get much in this book, but what are we going to bring into the last Jedi with that? Because I could visualize it when they were talking about it, just from what we've seen um, yeah. with the trailer. And it's just, yeah. you know, they get like a little glimpse of it here and maybe, maybe that information will come up again in the last Jedi. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> so- the interesting thing for me about this book and Claudia mentioned this at, um, I think it was the book launch event that it was really kind of supposed to bridge rogue one and, the last Jedi, mm-hmm. which I think it really did. Cause you know, you have like yeah. all the, the rebel Alliance stuff and saws partisans. And then, you know, also we have Amalyn Holdo and here's crate. And like, I'm sure there's going to be a yeah. ton of other um, like connections that we don't understand right now, but we will like once we see the movie and um, God, it, it like made me this excited so for great. last Jedi. Yeah. The one thing I kind of going back to what we wish there was more of, and I understand why there isn't, this in the book but I still wish there was but how what Alderaan thought of the force and yeah like force users um which I understand why it's not talked about it's because you know you can't be talking about those things in the time of the empire you know the jedi and the force and things like that um but it, it would have been nice to know how much of that was a part of Leia's childhood yeah. like how aware was she that you know there was such thing as the force or that there were people that that you know had connections to the force did she know about people like the guardian of the wells um yeah so like i get it but i i still wish we had had some of it well the a crazy thing about this book is and maybe i'm completely wrong but i was looking at there's no mention of darth vader at all and yeah yeah, I don't think there is. And, no, I, I think yeah, there isn't. and then it's crazy this that this book goes the and it's you know, how many pages of this this? Like four hundred pages, it, right? Yeah. Um, and we get so much history about, you know, the state of the galaxy and the start of the rebellion, but zero mention of Vader. And it's just very the way that these all these new canon books are is that they're very laser focused on like a certain aspect. And mm-hmm. you the absence of Vader is actually, I honestly think it's kind of felt and it makes even his reveal in, I guess, Rogue One to A New Hope a little bit more scary, I guess, because it's like, who is this mysterious guy? It just makes it way more mysterious. If Yeah, like yeah. he doesn't have a presence yeah. in the Empire and it's like he is a shadow. This, like, yeah, monster. and I think... Yeah. Just based on like from when I have you know, admittedly haven't been keeping up with the comics as much, but the sense that I got from the Darth Vader comics and some of the other stuff is that he's kind of not this like super public figure. Yeah. You know, like he's like, obviously the people in the kind of upper echelons of, um, you know, Imperial leadership know who he is and know about him, but he's not somebody that perhaps the average, you know, Imperial citizen or Imperial soldier, or whatever would necessarily know about. Like even I think Sienna Ree like like had heard of him but didn't like know what he looked like or what or like what to expect when she went to go pick him up from the destruction of the Death Star. So yeah. like that's a super interesting kind of wrinkle. Yeah, and even in Rebels, like no one knew who Vader was when he showed up. It was you know the yeah. Sith Lord. Like no one knew who he was. He's just this guy riding a Tie Fighter, <laughs> just like <laughs> casually rolling up, causing havoc. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because that's what Anakin does. Yeah. yeah. Dramatically He's... stands on TIE Fighters. Not much has changed. <laughs> dramatically stands in Mustafar Castle. Dramatically stands on yeah. TIE Fighters. Just is like super dramatic and broody. <laughs> and extra. It's so Can't extra. forget extra. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the best description of Anakin slash Vader is extra with a capital E. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> seriously, though, it's kind of adds another dimension. I mean, I, I, I love... I feel like we love to talk about like Anakin and Vader on this podcast, but in in somehow we're bringing this up in a novel that like doesn't doesn't even it. <laughs> at all. But it kind of underscores how like the Emperor could potentially be like ashamed of Vader and like it doesn't really want to show him off or anything, especially at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we're towards the the quote unquote end of the Empire. You know, we're like two or three four years out from A New Hope. Yeah, and it just kind of underscores, like, how trapped Anakin slash Vader is, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm still working through that in my head, but it's, it, it is an interesting not- thing that it's not mentioned at all in this novel. I do totally yeah. see what you're saying, because I think a large part of, you know, Palpatine and the Empire is kind of um, this illusion that it's all, you know, still a democracy. Uh, democratically elected government and you know he's a benign leader and a benign ruler mm-hmm. whereas but you know when you've got Vader who has this you know frankly terrifying mask that just kind of instills fear you know you can't really like have him be your visibly like second you know second in command right hand man because he's like this really scary looking guy you know maybe if he still looked like Anakin Skywalker it'd be different but uh, I think but he doesn't. Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but kind of, kind of going back a little bit to what you're talking about with Palpatine, Sarah. An interesting detail from the book is the uh, when Leia was talking about the posters or the billboards of Palpatine uh, mm-hmm. in Coruscant and around the galaxy that show how he hasn't aged at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of building on that this illusion that the Empire is trying to sell to the galaxy. Yeah, I loved that detail. It was so creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then even what the um, the the apprentice legislator legislature were doing, um, like with the the planets and they were what was they're going to build an academy. But then the Empire had really tricked them into picking the planet that they were going to be mining from. Something yeah. like that. Um, it was just you could just see how manipulative. So devious. And they were yeah. so devious and they were so calculated and so smart about how they were doing it, too. It was like, oh, we weren't. Like, this is just a happy accident kind of thing, you know? Totally. But it, they planned it from the very beginning. Uh, yep. <sighs> Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so just to kind of round out this deep dive, do you guys have an absolute favorite moment? I mean, all the stuff on Naboo, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I, I do hope we get to see more of... Um, was it Dal- Dalne, I think, was the queen? Because it looked yeah, like they yeah. had a, a nice little friendship building little there. Chat, and yeah. I would love to see more of that, you know. Yeah. Gotta. I- gotta have more of the nu- n- nubu- Nubian? Nubian? Yeah. Nubian. Yeah. Nubian. Yeah. Nub- Nubian. <laughs> Why are Star Wars words hard? Because <laughs> um, George think- Lucas hates us. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we love him. I think the end was probably my favorite. Um with the explosion, I think because it was just so bittersweet and cinematic and I could see it in my head so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so much emotion in like the last 10 pages. Um, but yeah. obviously the, the Naboo stuff too, is just like 
blew my mind. I could totally uh, see that being a Rebels episode. Like when I was reading it, I was like, oh man, I can, I can, you're, you're so right. You can visualize it. Yeah. Like with the stars and, and you know, the lack of gravity and it was heart wrenching. But we should probably move on to part three. Part right, three. Right. <laughs> we have some yes. great questions. So let's yes. go. Yes. all Twitter questions. Let's go. Yes. I don't know who you are or where you came from. From now on, you do as I tell you. Okay. All right, welcome to part three, which is our new favorite segment where we answer your Twitter questions and pretty much anything else we haven't covered yet about the book. So (laughs) let's dive in with the first question, which is actually about the last line of the book from at Nancy Pants from Tasha Station Radio, when actually it wasn't even a question. She just said that last line, dot, dot, dot. And I think we all know what Well, okay, I guess we should probably read the last line in case you've somehow made it to this far in the podcast and haven't read the book. And don't know what the last line is, yeah. But Would you like um, to read it, Sarah? So, yes, I, I have my book right in front of oh, me. Oh, great. Um, so, you know, the book ends with kind of the second half of this um, leadership, like, ritual that she has to do as Princess of Alderaan. And it ends with her thinking, well, just thinking about, you know, her family and goes, my parents, Leia thought, my friends, my world. These are the things the Empire can never take away. And then it says literally the end. Stop it's it. Like, right. No. Like, <laughs> like no. I said, Claudia Gray writes every single word of this book, like making you remember that Alderaan is going to get destroyed in A New Hope. And that is just the, you know, twist that knife in one last time. It was I so feel cruel. Like before anything, she had that last line picked out. Like, before she even knew what, like, what was going to happen in this book, like, she knew she was going to end it like that. Because that's I feel just... Like she actually said that. Oh. Like, I'm almost certain that I remember yeah, that's her actually saying, really familiar or at Dragon Con, that that, that was what I'm she psychic? did. She had that last line, like, written. Oh. It's, it's like one of those things where you're like... Yes, I can't wait to write this down. Oh my god, I have to write this down. No, <laughs> I, ha- oh I I didn't finish it because um, we had a busy weekend at Dragon Con. I didn't finish it until like I don't know a couple days later after we got back, and everyone was tweeting about you know oh my god that last line. So I was like covering the whole page <laughs> with mm-hmm. my hand, like <laughs> skimming it so that I didn't read it while I was getting there. And yeah. oh my god, it was so painful. The thing is, is like yeah. you know that it, it's going to be, like, you knew what it was going to be. You didn't know the wording, but you knew that it was going to be something about, like, Alderaan is forever. You didn't know something like yeah. that. <laughs> and uh, it didn't lessen the pain any, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I I also finished the book, you know, several days after Dragon Con, and I somehow, like, managed to miss all the Twitter conversation about it. So I had no idea it was coming, and I just, like, read that. I was just, like, I was like, yep, yep, that's, yep. throws book across room yep Yep. (laughs) and then immediately goes and picks it back up and starts reading again yes starting right (laughs) from the beginning (laughs) and we're going again (laughs) okay so next question is from jay at admiral jello um the relationship between leia and her mothers Uh, we kind of touched on this before but i i think that we can all agree that it's just so nice to have a healthy relationship between Leia and Brea um, and see that working. And we didn't even touch on, you know, Leia, uh, Brea having those pulmonodes. Yeah. I, I loved that addition. And, you know, they kind of created this backstory as to why she couldn't have kids. And 
it was it was really beautiful the way that they wrote and that something and something that um claudia said on twitter was that she included that specifically because there was kind of you know intentionally or not this theme in star wars that getting a prosthetic kind of it's like a commentary on like man yeah. versus machine like are you less human mm-hmm. or whatever and so she just wanted to have a character who does have you know basically these artificial lungs and an artificial heart and it's not like a thing it's not a commentary on you know oh more machine now than man or whatever yeah which i thought was a really nice sentiment totally and visually i it was one of those things too that i could just see them including and i hope they do in some form or fashion in the the films like be Mm -hmm. in the in the saga films or in some um anthology movie because visually I think it was just so striking like this glowing chest like her beating heart like her heart for all around her heart for her family you can just always see it oh my gosh it's- the glowing chest I literally just made a connection between like Brejo Organa and Tony Stark and his art director and I'm just like <laughs> laughing really hard oh my god <laughs> Yeah, but like Bray is like a nice like a like a, I always I saw it as like a soft candlelight glow, not like yeah. A, I mean, it's like totally not the same thing. <laughs> she was great though, um, and I loved the the intersection of Bray and Padme when Leia comes back from Naboo, and Bray thinks that that that's why Leia was in Naboo was about Padme. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was so cool, um, and I loved how you could see. Not fear, but but a little bit of fear in Bray of like, what did she find out? Yeah, like, what did she know? Like the, how did she tension. feel about it? Yeah, yeah, the tension exactly. Um, and then when she realizes that that that's not at all what Leia was doing there, but it's still like, it, it was a cool moment to see those those timelines intersect. Okay, and so our next question was from Tom Chansky, and he said, "How much do you think Haldo will grow up for the Last Jedi?" Well, I hope she's still her, like, astrology-loving self, because that was my favorite aspect of yes. her. <laughs> that, that but I think, we can, I think we can probably see, like, maybe not quite so crazy outfit. Yeah. And uh, she's toned it down and brought out her true self, as Leia has mm-hmm. told her to. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I think she'll have more of a, almost like a poker face. And then once you get to know her, you'll see kind of more of these um, um, eccentric bits and pieces of her personality pop out more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I do love because um, I know that when the I think it was the Vanity Fair article first came out and we first got like that look at her. They're like, oh, she and Leia have a history. Everyone's like, oh, they're enemies. And I'm kind of glad that it's like the opposite. And they're was it friends for life, I think, is what. The yeah, book set. I was so happy about that. I'm like, let I just want you know two older women to have like a, a really good, healthy no relationship. In Leia the needs a I. friend. Yes, she, she no really friend. does. <laughs> Leia needs friends. She has had so much pain. I just want her to have mm-hmm. a nice friend that she's had forever. So she can like pop oh. open a bottle of wine and like de-stress from the day of the rebellion. Yeah, <laughs> and like gossip about you know Han or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Will we see that in the movie? Probably not. <laughs> we can just infer that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amy Wishman um, wanted us also. There's a, We got a lot of requests to talk about Amelyn, Um, But she said, first major LGBT character? Question mark. Is she, Sarah? I don't. Is there someone before or is this really the first? So 
Well, because I didn't okay. read. I didn't read. We both haven't read Aftermath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think she might mean major in like on screen yeah. character because I mean obviously after Aftermath like one of the main characters is like explicitly described as gay and like he's a guy who has a boyfriend and mm-hmm. like I think they might actually eventually get married at some point. I don't know. It's been a while since I've read the Aftermath books, but like you know very clearly um, LGBTQ. Um, I know that Claudia said or alluded that she that a character who had that people suspected was queer coded yeah. in the Leia book was supposed to be written as um, gay. Yeah, and, I think that's uh, what I remember from the panel. And she was like, you'll know it when and, you read it. Yeah. yeah and and they like said they just never did a no. little happy dance and then like mouthed at me. And um, so it, it was it was supposed to be Amelin. But that was something that that Claudia said that she did do for the book and it wasn't necessarily like dictated to her by the last Jedi. Yeah, but they didn't hmm. shut so, it down. So, <laughs> so who knows? But I mean, clearly there's nothing like in the last Jedi that, you know, explicitly contradicts it, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I would have I guess I personally would have liked that to have been made more explicit. Was like it? yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. You know, I mean like it's it's nice, you know, but I'd also would have, you know, if they had like actually gone the full mile and you know so like yes in the book this character is a lesbian um and obviously yeah. i would absolutely love it if she was you know depicted that way on screen um so yeah, yeah so those, are, those I, are my thoughts yeah i, I, <laughs> yeah, I completely I, echo all what you just said <laughs> and, I, and maybe i missed something in the book but was there something explicit that said that or was it kind of you're inferring that into her character no she said she it was, was like talking okay. about how it was boring to just like one gender right Sarah okay. yeah yeah okay Something like yeah. that. okay that's ringing bell now. I was like I can't remember it was it was kind of similar to how in Lost Stars there's like that moment after the ball where Thane is like asking Sienna if like Jude is going to be going home with like this guy yeah. she's like she might be going home with the guy and the girl and you're like wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> okay. hold on yeah now I remember I was like yeah okay thanks it's like I can't but it was like basically something along that yeah. yeah okay um, okay, so the next question that we have, again, is about Emily. Zook at Dartmon wanted to ask us, after reading, does she really strike you as a potential villain, as in, like, the speculation for The Last Jedi, and how did she become an admiral? There, there has to be a backstory given to her in The Last Jedi, I think, about, like, how she got started and, like, what her role is. And I think they, or, will, I think they will give that to her because she's Laura Dern and she's an amazing actress. And I don't think yeah. that they would sell her short. Is this thing that will come after the movie, like in some book or comic form? I don't know. That like fills it, it in because it's like, like like a little like a th- couple throwaway lines maybe yeah. that kind of establish a little bit of backstory. Just because like even yeah, like the casual audiences aren't gonna like probably aren't gonna be reading the Leia book, so they're yeah. mm-hmm. not gonna know like anything about her. Um. But yeah, I definitely don't think she's a villain. I think my current theory is like, you know, I mean, Leia's so like dedicated and like single track mind about, you know, her duty and leadership and et cetera, et cetera. And Amelin strikes me as a little more like, I mean, well, she doesn't strike me. She kind of is a little more like loosey goosey about things. Mm -hmm. So I think that maybe she would have been like somebody who was in the Senate and one of Leia's allies in the Senate, but you know, maybe not like dedicated like 110% to the rebellion or the resistance, but, you know, helping out when and where she could. Um, And maybe she's like, you know, 
has a whole lot of wealth and maybe that's why she's on Canto bikes. I think, I think she's on Canto bite yeah. and like hanging out with all the rich people there and like doing Amal and Holdo things. <laughs> well, it's interesting because she's not in bloodline. And so you kind of wonder if she is this ally to Leia where she was during that time. You know what I mean? True. Um, so I wonder what did happen, but I think you're right. Either way, I think we'll get some kind of line, you know, be it from Leia or some other character about her that kind of alludes to what she's been doing in the past. You know, if she does become a villain, it's, you know, I can see Leia something, saying something like, you know, how did this happen to you? You weren't always like this or something like yeah. that, you know, um, that could allude to their greater history. And then I think we probably will get something after Last Jedi, given that she is such a big character in this book. Yeah. Maybe Claudia Gray will write it. Okay. I'd be for that. I'd be so down. <laughs> <laughs> like, Claudia Gray, sign me up. Like, you can write a whole book about AP5, and I'd be like, yes, Claudia Gray's writing it. It'd be great. <laughs> I'd actually read that, so. <laughs> like, you could pick any character, and if Claudia Gray's writing it, like I'm there. I'm, I'm reading it. I'm buying it night of. I'm reading it immediately. Like I, I, I'll pre-order it as soon as it's announced. I don't even need to like have a blurb about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so Natalie at Lady of the Wills asks, "What did you think of the love story? We kind of didn't really talk about this that much." Yeah, it's interesting. I thought it was great. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was a really good way to introduce, you know, Leia's first love and you know, teenage love mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, how you can get totally swept up in that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she was a teenager about it, um, which which I really liked. I think there was some part where she was talking about, she's like, isn't kissing just great? <laughs> <laughs> and and I do love, and we did, you know, talk about this earlier, and I do love that he kind of had this different approach and viewpoint on, mm-hmm. you know, keeping Alderaan safe and fighting the Empire. Yeah. And, like, you know, I do wish, you know, as we said, that they'd explored that a bit more. But I think mm-hmm. it was a nice kind of foil to you know Leia's own confusions about like what her parents are doing and you know how how she's not sure how she feels about it especially as she finds out more and finds out that it's you know more military-esque than you know she maybe realized yeah so I think that like a kind of good alternate viewpoint for her to like struggle between I think I was just gonna say I think he and we again we kind of touched on this earlier but just in comparing him to Han and her experience with Kier and how that affects her approach and her feelings for Han. Like everything that happened with Kier was because of the rebellion for better or for worse. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. how it did kind of bring them together in the sense that he became her confidant um, in what was going on and the per like the only person she could talk to. And he was her first love and uh, he's a part of Alderaan and then he dies um, and he and, dies because of the rebellion, you know. Yeah, and and like and also protecting Alderaan and also going against Leia too. Like it, like it's just so layered. And again, going back to what you said, Sarah, I wish there had been more of that um, because I think that I think that is such should be such a big part of Leia's story going forward. Because like I think that moment at the end just kind of embodies everything that the book was building up to in a way, like all these different layers mm-hmm. intersecting. Um, and how they are all complicated and gray, and there really was no right answer. Um, so, I, yeah, I, again, I wish there had been a little bit more of that. But I, I really liked Kier's character. I like how he wasn't just immediately, like, 
yeah, like I'm going to help you spy and we're going to jump into this rebellion together and like, let's see what we can do together. Mm -hmm. Um, He he, was a little bit more cautious about it. Yeah, he didn't feel like any other character that we've ever gotten Mm -hmm. in Star Wars, which I really appreciated. Yeah, yeah. I I liked how he was like, kind of standoffish at first and it was just because he was shy and she keeps like misinterpreting him as like snarking at her and making fun of her. (laughs) And I'm glad that he was, I'm glad that he was from Alderaan too. It wasn't some other guy from some other world. And kind of like what you said, Charlotte, how he's different. You know, when we look at the main people, the main men, I guess, in Leia's life, um, or the main characters that we've seen her interact a lot with, you know, Han, Luke, and then, you know, someone like Castrofo. Like, Kira really is very different from all of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, may, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess he's kind of like Luke in his demeanor, um, in his disposition, but... He's really yeah. similar to Bale, actually, you know. Yeah, that's true. that's true, actually. Yeah, which is, I mean, they, they played that up because he was like, yeah. oh, I want to spend time with Bale. And wow, this is so nice, you know, spending time with him. Yeah. So, uh, they, yeah. They, they highlighted that. But I really did like the love story. I, I'm happy that that was included. And I haven't seen anyone really criticize it, which actually surprises me, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I know that, like, sometimes, like, some fans don't like that you know either Han or Leia had relationships outside of each other but you know I mean she's a 16 year old girl Mm -hmm. yeah I loved it Padme did yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway um this was a great book wasn't it man I'm sad that we're like almost done talking about it because I feel like I could talk about it all night honestly and the interesting thing too and that also kind of makes me a little bit sad is that you know once The Last Jedi comes out you know, obviously, we don't quite know how they're going to resolve mm. Leia's character, you know, with the real life passing of Carrie Fisher. But, like, we kind of know Leia's whole story now, you know, from. Uh, I knew her... you were going to go there. And <laughs> sorry. I'm it... sorry. I had to. I it's had okay. To. It's okay. It's but I'm really like that. glad that, you know, a lot of it has been, you know, those, those bits that we don't see in the movies have kind of been filled in by Claudia Gray because she's in my opinion, done one of the best jobs of characterizing Leia uh, mm-hmm. and just absolutely nails, you know, things that we love about her. And just, yeah. I mean, you know, I had high expectations for this book and she blew them out of the water. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's kind of, it's interesting because it's kind of similar to what we talked about with Rebel Rising, this idea of having a character's complete story with Jen. Like we pretty mm-hmm. much know where she was throughout her life. And obviously we don't know how Leia's story ends, but we've got, most of it filled in at this point. Yeah, I think there's, I'm just trying to think, there's a little bit that can be filled in. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Return of the Jedi. Um, there's there's, and there's parts in Bloodline. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's there, a lot that's still available, but we have We, pretty, we basically like, understand, like, her timeline and, like, everything. Yeah. yeah. We've got 75% of her timeline filled in. Yeah. Uh, mm. It's just kind of sad. I'm, I'm kind of sad that that was brought up, but it had to be. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. We were right. all thinking about it. We all knew it. <laughs> we have to bring it up until, I mean, it's going to be brought up until we know what is done with her character. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I'm kind of worried that we're not really going to know until we get to episode nine. Yeah. Um, I don't think. Yep. Uh, yes. So. Yes. Hmm. I'm just <laughs> hoping that, you know, and like, it's, it's a hard decision no matter what they do. And, mm-hmm. like I'm, you know, I'm very much glad I'm not the one who has to make that decision. But all I'm hoping for is that they don't kill Leia because I don't know if I can handle that I know it's 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 so weird because I I go back and forth between like oh maybe she should 
I don't know. I don't want to say that. I, I can't. I can't even say. I know. That. It's. It's. There's I, no I good answer. That's the thing. You, There's you no good. want closure, like you know, but you also yes don't want to have. Yes. Yeah. It's like I want. I want closure of the for the actress Carrie Fisher, but I want continuation for the character of Leia. And yeah. those can't and exist I don't together. Have to resolve. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to resolve them together. Jeez. Oh, all right. Well, on that somber note, uh, <laughs> are there any last parting words for this wonderful book before we wrap up this episode? My parting word is thank you, Claudia Gray. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Ditto retweet. <laughs> and just one last kind of stray observation, which I made when I was writing my review of this book for 1138, is that this is really kind of the first time we've seen an in-depth look at a family in Star Wars that isn't just like totally fractured or like, you know, full of pain or dead parents or whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, it's you know, we know that we know that Poe had a pretty good relationship with his parents from what we've seen. And like, obviously Luke had, you know, from all accounts, what looks like a pretty decent childhood and mm-hmm. Owen and Peru loved him, but like, we didn't really get to explore that. And Yet. so it's kind of nice to just, have a book where, like, yeah, Leia's a princess and she's fighting the Empire, but, like, her problems are kind of refreshingly mundane. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. she's dealing with her first love and a crush and, you know, trying to figure out who she is as a person, like, on her own. Yeah. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, it's the most relatable we've ever seen Leia. And mm-hmm. that's why I love this book so much. Yeah. Completely. I, completely I have to wholeheartedly agree. agree. I don't think I can add anything better than what's already been said. Yes. <laughs> Sarah. Where can everyone find you? Well, I'm most active on Twitter at Sarah Demp, S-A-R-A-H-D-E-M-P. Um, you can also find me on Instagram under that name. Uh, as mentioned, I write for 1138. I um, tend to focus a lot on kind of real world looks at Star Wars and representation and stuff like that. Um, I also have an Etsy shop called Galactic Flair, where I do Ooh. cute little butts of um, Star Wars ladies and hopefully more um and yeah, that is where you can find me. Yeah, and um, she makes some really cool costumes too. So if you look Lots at her, of Padme costumes. Yeah, <laughs> look at her mm-hmm. Instagram. She has some great costumes. If you guys want to check that out, if you haven't already, yeah, I'm, I'm always always spamming my costumes on there. <laughs> Never stop. And, and you're, like <laughs> your like 1940s Krennic costume gives me life. I love it so much. It's such a good. Co- I need to get like a pair of light up party glasses, and then I can be party critic from Catalyst. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> like my next addition to that costume. Oh, my God. it's an easy addition too. What yeah, exactly. To happen, <laughs> it'll be perfect for last uh, last party on Alderaan next yes. year. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this episode all about Prince uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SkytalkersPod, or you can follow us individually. Uh, Charlotte's Twitter handle is at Clarity, and mine is at Caitlin Plusher. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at SkytalkersPodcast for pictures of all the things related to our fandom and our show and whatever else we feel like posting up there. Um, and then, of course, we are also up on SkyTalkers.com. 
And if you like what you hear and you want to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon page to help us out. We'd be eternally grateful. Uh, We have some really cool swag and some really cool episodes that are only available for our patrons. Um, And speaking of, we'd like to give a big shout out and a huge thank you to our patrons, Chuck, Emma, Amy, Ryan, Dean, and BJ. Thank you guys so much for your support. Yes, thank you so much for listening. And one more thing. Thank you to those who left us such amazing reviews on iTunes. They help us so much and we love reading them. So if you have any time, we truly appreciate you leaving us a review there. Um, And with that, we are signing off. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.